revisiting some parts of Biden's speech from last week, checking out all the racism all over the TV, Vax insanity has definitely gripped America, and digging deeper on the question of why is the Republicans listening to Frank Luntz. Today, Eric's America. You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American, recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, welcome back. I am Eric, and this is Eric's America. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um... I hope everything's going all right. It seems like, um, yeah, the world's just getting either dumber or crazier. I, I I think I have to go for the first. I think it's getting dumber. I really do, which is sad because, you know, we are talking about uh, competing with the rest of the world. And I just don't think we're going to do it with the um, with the general intelligence of, of uh, the public anymore. And that is sad. Because I'm a I'm a very optimistic person, and I try to always find the best and believe the best in people. But man, after some of these, I don't know. It's either people are just not that, uh, in general, aren't that bright, which I I hope is not true. I really do, or um, it's more that uh, maybe TikTok just makes people absolutely. It's a it's another dumpster fire. I'm sure. Anyway, so much to talk about today. So much. Um, I'm going to go over a few things uh, from Biden's speech that we didn't quite cover all of it. And uh, it just uh, it blows my mind that a lot of this stuff just, uh, you know, cruises, cruises past most people. And uh, it's really scary. Um, just a lot of lying about things. Uh, I mean... They, I mean, that was the deal, wasn't it? For four years, talking about all they did was talk and talk and talk about how uh, Trump just lied. He's just a liar. All he does is lie, lie, lie. That's all you heard. And uh, for most people that, uh, you know, we, we knew to take. I mean, that was the big thing. People on the right, people that liked uh, like Trump, they all know. You know, they basically know to take what he says with a grain of salt. He, uh, you know, he's a he's a salesman at the end of the day and uh you know that it's like okay i know what he's talking about you know is true but of course he's going to go over the top with it it didn't bother most people they they knew that's what was going on you know i mean we all got used to it you know everything was the greatest thing ever i mean we knew it i mean it was just it's his personality and people knew it but of course it drove people nuts but it is really different when people just lie and lie and lie. Here's a, a, a just a bold-faced lie. Democracy is terrorism. We're not going to ignore that either. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation. It was nearly a year ago before her father's funeral when I spoke with Gianna Floyd, George Floyd's young daughter. She's a little tight, so I was kneeling down to talk to her so I could look her in the eye. She looked at me, she said, my daddy changed the world. 
Well, after the conviction of George Floyd's murderer, we can see how right she was if, if we have the courage to act as a Congress. We've all seen the knee of injustice on the neck of black Americans. Now's our opportunity to make some real progress. The vast majority of men and women wearing a uniform and a badge serve our communities and they serve them honorably. So yeah, here's, uh, like I say, it's, uh, first of all, it's a lie. Uh, George Floyd didn't change the world. Um, you could make an argument that he did a lot for the uh, skyline of Minneapolis. Yeah, you could make that. He did change that because, you know, because of, you know, his death, they uh, you know, burned down a lot of places. Um, it changed, uh, it did change uh, a few cities uh, that got, you know, things burned down and broken. Um, and just on and on with that. But then to go on with, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, justice, the knee on the neck, keep going on with that. But it was just schizophrenic. You know, you're taking that turn around going oh but you know the police are good this was a whole theme of the whole speech was just double speak the whole time you know everybody's bad oh no everybody's good and somehow i'm going to reconcile that um and it just of course i mean it's just a geriatric person with mental decline that's what you're listening to but uh it got worse because uh you know uh here you go Taking credit for vaccines. Born in January 20th, less than 1% of the seniors in America are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. You think that's because it had just been released? I don't know. It could be. Could be. Mm. 100 days later, 70% of seniors in America, over 65, are protected, fully protected. Senior deaths from COVID-19 are down 80% since January. Mm-hmm. Down 80% because of all of you. Because of who? Because of who? I mean, not the people there. Not the people there at all. And definitely not you, Joe. Uh, you inherited it. And more than half of all the adults in America have gotten at least one shot. Wait. A mass vaccination center in Glendale, Arizona. I asked the nurse. I said, what's it like? She looked at me and she said, it's like every shot is giving a dose of hope. A dose of hope. Yes, a dose of hope. But that's the whole thing. You're taking credit for shit you didn't do. So here's a little thing. So they're going to go out and, uh, you know, they keep going out and taking credit. He's taking credit for people getting vaccinated. Uh, First of all, you know, we all know Operation Warp Speed uh, got the vaccine here. You know, whether you like it or not. Personally, I've had COVID, I've recovered, I have antibodies, I'm fine. I don't want nor need it. Uh, in fact, you know, they're talking now, the, the risk may be pretty high for people that already have it because it's going to kick your immune system into high gear as soon as they give you a shot and it's, uh, you know, part of the spike proteins going into your body, your body's going to react to fight it. Um, and you may have more, you know, they're saying there's a possibility that there could be more side effects for people that have already had it. So, and why would you get it anyway? You have something even better, natural immunity, which your immune system's already doing what the vaccination vaccination is going to do artificially. You've already done it organically. Yes. We're going to use those wonderful buzzwords that the left loves so much like organically. Yes. So there isn't really a good reason, but then to take credit for it. So. 
the guy that uh, Trump put in charge was uh, General uh, Perna, I believe. Let me check my notes real quick. Yeah, General Perna, Gus Perna, was uh, put in charge of the vaccination distribution. Okay. So then, of course, January 20th, Joe Biden was inaugurated. Okay. And so he puts a guy in charge of vaccine distribution. And his name is Gus Perna. Oh, so the same guy. So you're using the same plan. This was the plan they had all along. So did they change anything? Not that anybody said. Nothing whatsoever. The same guy had the same plan uh, starting, you know, before January and has continued it on. But yet they take complete, complete and total credit for getting the vaccine, vaccine, you know, to market so quickly, which scares a lot of people. And I understand that. Totally understand that. Um, but it was amazing that we got one so soon. And, you know, I believe that people that are older or more vulnerable, yeah, it's probably a good, you know, a good thing to take the chance, you know, um, because this is much, you know, much deadlier thing for older people and people with, uh, you know, comorbidities. So, yeah, that's probably a great thing to uh, get a vaccine. Um, young, healthy people, I don't see a huge need for it, especially since, you know, um, if you hadn't recovered, there's especially no need for it. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really screwed up and they talk about lying. Now, this is this is out and out just boldface lying talking about just taking credit for things that you know absolutely did not do um and it is really oh man just really disgusting but uh we go on from there uh to get more into uh about green energy i think jobs you think jobs and you think climate change american jobs plan will put engineers and construction workers to work building more energy efficient buildings and homes okay Electrical workers, IBEW members installing 500,000 charging stations along our highways. Sounds like fun. So we can own. So we can own the electric car market. We wouldn't own the electric car market. If farmers. Farmers planting cover crops so they can reduce the carbon dioxide in the air and get paid for doing it. This sounds very stupid. Wow. Look. We're going to pay farmers to plant cover crops. Now, here's something I want to talk about. If people believed, if these people truly believed anything about the natural environment, okay, we're going to start there because all we hear is climate change and it's gotten so ambiguous now. They don't talk about, you know, they've dropped all of it. Have you noticed? Has anybody noticed? They've dropped all of the crap that goes along with it. And in my lifetime, I've seen many many iterations of this uh, insanity uh, from, you know, global cooling in the early 80s. And then it went to the 90s where, you know, like I said, holes in the ozone were all going to burn up and, you know, catch on fire. And then uh, for a while, it was uh, all the it was going to be terrible droughts and nobody was going to have fresh water. And then half the country flooded for years on end. And then they're like, well, I guess uh, we got plenty of water now. What do we do next? And then it's switched to climate change, which is just ambiguous. It's climate change. Well, it's going to do this or that. And they've even stopped even pretending what it's going to do. They didn't talk about it anymore. They're done talking about it because obviously everybody knows it's a fraud. Everything you've said has turned out to be absolute bullshit. 
that's just the the you know it's just the way it is is there natural things happening in cycles of course there is there always has been there always will be nothing you're going to do to change it if you actually cared about the earth then you would worry about things like i don't know the china fishing uh fleet that is devastating parts of the pacific ocean literally devastating it insane things like uh, electrocuting mass uh, amounts of fish just so you can get them all in the boat and let the rest of them just you know float dead and kill parts of the ocean i mean these are things you would really be worried about if you cared about the environment i don't know maybe chinese pollution polluting the earth those are kind of things that you know environmentalists really would care about you would think but where are all these environmentalists well they're not anywhere to be found anymore none of these people are serious about any of it if you were serious about doing all this stuff with electricity well you would be looking to nuclear because it is the cleanest form of you know electricity that we know of that is efficient that will actually do something and the fact that none of them even want to speak about it lets you know that they do not care about the natural environment. This is another another uh, version of it. Now, anybody that has ever dealt with any kind of farming whatsoever, and I don't have a huge, I don't have a, a huge knowledge of it. I do, I did grow up with, uh, you know, a lot of uh, gardening and, and have a basic idea of how this works. Okay, first of all, if anybody's ever paid attention, if you're going to do large commercial farming, uh, if you want anything to live, you're going to have to get rid of, you know, pests and insects. And that calls for a lot of pesticides. Well, we all know, we all know how this works. Major, you know, huge commercial farms spraying pesticides, doing all that. Of course, it goes in the runoff and it, you know, ends up screwing up the water. That's why we like to keep it to certain you know, certain areas, you know, we kind of try to keep it at a certain point because we know if it goes, you know, even further, uh, you know, you're going to have major problems with water sources and all that. We know this. Why aren't people talking about this? We're going to plant huge cover crops to absorb CO2. I don't know. Here's an idea. I think the trees will take care of that for us pretty well. Yeah. Maybe you could go talk about, you know, the fact that the earth is getting greener. But anyway, they go further than that. Not only are you going to be planting large cover crops to absorb carbon dioxide, which is going to cause more problems with the earth, I would say that, uh, because these cover crops, I mean, if you're going to do it right, I'm guessing they're going to have to be, you know, have multiple growing seasons, which will take all the nutrients out of the ground, which is going to essentially kill it. And then you can go back and check out what happened. I don't know. Try the Dust Bowl when people overplanted areas until the ground was just blowing, literally that ground was blowing away, the dirt was blowing away uh, because it was overplanted. There's so many of these things. There, Again, $5, pro, $5 answers, million dollar problems. That's what you get all the time. You know, it's just, oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And there's no way for us to ramp up to take care of all the electrical needs that they're talking about with all these things without, you know, doing a lot of the things that they don't want, like burning a hell of a lot more coal to make power, you know, because you don't have any other capacity. I, I will tell you right now, I'll dash your dreams if you think that wind energy or solar panels are going to take care of a, what, even a doubling 
of power consumption. If you're talking about getting everybody into electric cars, you're well over doubling the electricity needs that you're going to to have. And of course, if you're wanting to take away natural gas heating, you're going to then double it again for all the heating needs that are going to be, you know, only supplied by electricity. And you have no way to bring, you know, no way to generate this amount of electricity without burning a hell of a lot of fossil fuels. I don't know. If you think that's a bad thing, then maybe you would look into something like nuclear. But that's okay. You know what the answer is? It's all infrastructure. That's what you need. You just need infrastructure. You need to get these good paying jobs, these good union jobs that he keeps talking about, which I won't even go into uh, that whole uh, spiel right now. But uh, he's always talking about it. I, I hate the line that he has, and I'm not sure if it's uh, if I have it on here, but uh, I really hate the line where he goes, uh, the middle class made America and the unions made the middle class. What a garbage lie. I mean, if you didn't already know that he was an absolute shill, for unions, an absolute shill, uh, that line should take care of it for you. Unions did not build the middle class in this country. That's just absolute garbage. Oh, my goodness. Unions did uh, help build uh, organized crime. Uh, very strong in the United States for a very long time. So, uh, I mean, there is that. It did build that. Um, as in building the middle class. Um, no, sir. No, no, no. But it does, uh, it just goes on and on. And uh, he keeps rambling about the uh, climate. Look. The climate crisis. Yoga. It's not our fight alone, it's a global fight. Global fight. The United States accounts, as all of you know, less than 15% of carbon emissions. The rest of the world accounts for 85%. Mm-hmm. That's why I kept my commitment to rejoin the Paris Accord, because if we do everything perfectly, it's not going to only matter. Oh, oh. I kept my commitment Wait, to convene a climate summit right here in America <laughs> like that. with all the major economies of the world. China, Russia, India, European Union. And I said I'd do it in my first 100 days. I want to be very blunt about it. I had my attempt was to make sure mm-hmm. that good. the world could see there was a consensus. It's a pretty good story. That so we are at an inflection point in history. <laughs> The consensus is if we act to save the planet, mm-hmm. we can create millions of jobs really and economic growth and opportunity to raise the standard of living to almost everyone around the world. I mean, this is If you what? watched any of it and you were all busy, I'm sure you didn't have much time. That's what virtually every nation said, even the ones that aren't doing their fair share. What the hell is he talking about? This is what I'm talking about. He just rambles. The hell are you talking about? First of all, you just admitted that of uh, the carbon emissions are from the rest of the world. We're only 15%. So I think we're pretty good. How about we just, uh, you know, tell the rest of the world, maybe y'all should chill out or something or figure something out. I I don't know. I really don't know if that's your big, uh, if that's your big story, then what the hell are we doing? You just admitted. And you said, if we did everything that you want to do, it does nothing. So what are you doing? And it's always about, oh, yeah, we're going to create a bunch of jobs. We're going to get a whole bunch of farmers to, uh, you know, just cover, cover their farmland with these cover crops and, uh, you know, screw up the food supply because we really want to screw up the soil so we can't grow the food we need. That way we could have mass famines. And you know how communists and socialists, especially dictators, they love a good famine. 
love a good famine. Those are top of the, oh boy. I tell you what, and if you uh, doubt that, go and look up all the different um, regimes, uh, i.e. You know, China, Russia, those places, and check out what happens with famines. It's really, really a good time. Um, they really love them, though. North Korea, they love a good famine uh, because it's really good to help uh, really solidify power of a centralized leader. And, of course, he discussed that, too. Um it doesn't stop with climate, though. It doesn't stop with climate. He went on to talk about, oh, my favorite, pay their fair share. Oh. How do we pay for my jobs and family plan? No one knows. I made it clear we can do it without increasing the deficits. Let's start That's not possible. with what I will not do. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than four hundred thousand dollars. Right. But it's time for corporate America. Oh. And the wealthiest one percent of Americans have just begun to pay their fair share. Oh God. Just their fair share. Fair share. Fair share. Why? It's so frustrating. Sometimes I have. I hate to uh, inform everybody, but uh, yeah, a lot of the richest people, I mean, they, they pay more than, you know, 46%. 46% of Americans actually pay no uh, federal income tax. And of course, you still have to pay your state taxes. And nobody ever talks about the state taxes. They don't add that in. So, you know, by the time they would get done with this huge increase and all that. And what happens? We know this already, right? We know what happens. It's very simple. It's human nature. What happens? If you tell someone, hey, we now want 15 to 20% more from you in taxes, well, one of two things happen. Either they find more loopholes, so they don't. Why do you think they're finding all the loopholes now? The whole thing is, this is the idea that has been sold for a long time, is that if you made the income tax more reasonable then people would actually pay it but when it gets so exorbitant and out of control people hide money and then if you go too far they just leave that's what people do around the world they leave they say fine listen i'm going to take my money and i'm going over here where people aren't trying to steal everything that i've made you're devastated and of course what happens most of the uh, people that you're trying to soak for more money are the people that own businesses, big corporations. What happens? They start laying people off, shutting places down. Why? Because they have to pay a whole hell of a lot more in taxes. So you think they're just going to give from the you know bottom of their heart? Think about that for a minute. Would you? No. That's not human nature. You don't just wake up one day and be like, you know, that government, boy, they really need a whole hell of a lot more of my money. No, that's not what happens. That's not what happens. It hasn't happened in human history, and it's not about to start just because Joe Biden is president. So what happens? They hide more of it, or they just pack up and leave, and they shut down their businesses. They lay people off. People lose their jobs, or the next thing that happens, they just raise the prices on everything. So all those people at the bottom who, you know, got their $15 an hour minimum wage that you're, uh, you know, pushing so hard. Well, now they're just in the same spot because everything's so much more expensive. They're making even less than they were to start with. 
none of this makes sense. Never has, never will. It just doesn't work. But that whole thing, it's all about division, class warfare, classic Marxism, make everybody hate rich people. You know, most people on the right, we don't like uh, people like Bezos and, you know, Bill Gates, but it's not because of their money. We don't hate them because they made a lot of money. We hate them for their ideology. We think they're completely batshit crazy. We think they're uh, interfering in the... Uh, in our system in ways they shouldn't with their money. We don't hate them because they made something of themselves and made money. We don't like the fact that they, uh, especially with like Bezos and, uh, you know, Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey, that they have monopolies that we think that should be broken up, but we don't hate them because they're rich. I mean, that's part of the American dream. They made something people wanted to consume and they, they made it. That's fine. Not trying to steal from anyone to fill my pocket. It's not how it works. But it is just insane. Just all this craziness. And people, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's like the media just glossed over the fact of all this. But yeah, the the paying their fair share, that has been the mantra for so long. And you would think if he has been in uh, been in office for 50 years now, Longer than I've been alive, he has been in Congress and in government. Never closed any of these loopholes that he's talking about that allows, you know, big, huge corporations. And I know how this works. There's a lot of write-offs. There's a lot of loopholes, a lot of ways to get away from paying federal income tax. Um, you could close one of them. How about not raise the rate, which is going to make people, you know, find more and more loopholes and hide their money other places or just pick up and leave altogether. You could just try closing some of the loopholes, and then make it a reasonable rate that they'll pay anyway, you'd make more money. Yep. It's a very simple principle. Yeah, you can think of it this way. Do you think more people, why people shop at Walmart? It's, it's this simple. This is how simple it is. If you really break it down, you can make it really simple for people to understand. Why do people shop at Walmart? Well, they shop there because prices are cheap, right? How do they keep prices so cheap? They just do it in a, a lot more. They sell a lot more of something. That way they can have it cheaper and people buy it. It works the same way. More people will participate and pay into the system if they can afford to and they don't feel like they're getting robbed. It's the same kind of principle. People, that's the way the human mind works. People are like, hey, you know, it's not that big a deal, you know? Almost like a subscription service, you know? That's why they do it that way. I pay $200 a year. Well, oh no, I'm not paying that much. I'm not paying 200 bucks for this right now. Oh no, we'll make it five bucks a month. Oh, okay. I'm going to afford five bucks a month. It works. It's human nature. You may end up at the end of the day paying the same amounts, but as long as it's in smaller increments, that doesn't feel like it's just robbing you. Then you're more willing to pay it. They haven't figured this concept out yet. But anyway, after it was all said and done, uh, Tim Scott, Tim Scott did the rebuttal and boy, did the racists come out. And I, I feel really bad. I didn't get Jimmy Kimmel's uh, thing. He was, wow, that dude, God. But the, uh, I guess the uh, masks came off, so to speak. And boy, these people are just racist. Here's uh, Joy Reid. 
I was surprised, to be honest with you. This was standard Republican pabulum. This could have been delivered by Tom Cotton or Mike Lee. America's not a racist country. There's no racism here. It's, it, I'm not sure what the purpose of this was. I, his audience, to me, appeared to be conservative uh, white Republicans who were angry over certain things of cancel culture and the same sort of cultural nods that we hear on Fox News. And he was out here to throw them a lifeline. It was disappointing. Yeah, she didn't stop there. Her appointment is seen by some as a measure of progress. Others have called you a <clears throat> mere token, elevated only to show that the, that the GOP has gotten the diversity memo it missed this past election. If somehow they managed to stumble into the Supreme Court, do any of you guys trust Uncle Clarence and Amy Coney Barrett and those guys to actually follow the letter of the law? No. You got to love the uh, Tim Scott standing there to provide the patina of diversity over that uh, round of words, that uh, basket full of words. Yeah, so um, Joy Reid, just a racist. That's it. There's no, there's no explaining it any other way. She's just a racist. That's it. Just a bigot. Period. I don't need to discuss it any further. She's just a bigot. And, you know, I can't imagine anybody else saying things like that. And there were a lot. And uh, like I said, even Jimmy Kimmel got in on it because, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's the, you know, blackface guy used to make fun of Carl Malone for being stupid, apparently. That was his shtick. So these people are just racist. And now they've figured out a way that they can be racists. And it's fine because as long as the... uh people of color are on the right it's just fine here's tim scott uh talking about the racism that he received the pain of discrimination i know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason to be followed around the store while i'm shopping i remember every morning at the kitchen table my grandfather would open the newspaper and read it i thought but later i realized he had never learned to read it he just wanted to set the right example. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals. Just last week, a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege. Because a relative owned land generations before my time. That's insane. Yeah, uh, and here it gives you an idea of uh, what kind of racism he deals with. We live in a country with systemic racism. The fact that Tim Scott cannot acknowledge this is, 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 is appalling. I thought he did himself a disservice. When Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg can say, we literally have racism baked into our highway system, I really don't think Tim Scott uh, is in much of a position to criticize him. Yeah, you wouldn't want to listen to the, uh, the, the black man from South Carolina who came from a, a family directly descended from a slave, you wouldn't want to ask him about uh, about racism. He wouldn't know anything about it. You should ask uh, Pete Buttigieg, the white guy from South Bend, Indiana. He knows all about it because he knows the roads are racist. So he's a much better uh, person to tell you about racism. And so is uh, Joy uh Joy Behar, yeah, Joy Behar, the white liberal that's uh, spent her entire life in uh, media and entertainment. She knows all about racism. We wouldn't want to talk to the black guy from the South, right? He wouldn't know anything about racism. What's he know? <laughs> 
It makes you wonder if these people could possibly be serious, but they take themselves seriously. And that is the problem. And yes, they're all a bunch of racists. Most of them are just white liberals. That And I hate to use the word liberal. They're, they're white leftists, Marxists. You know, they're they're not liberals in the in the purest sense of the word, you know, a classic liberal, Um, not even close. They are just batshit crazy leftists who are, of course, progressives are racist. Have you known any that weren't? I mean, who were the progressives? You start with uh, people like Woodrow Wilson and Roosevelt and oh, yeah, then you get the ones like, you know. The good, true progressives from back in the day, like Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin. Those people were always very, very inclusive. Very inclusive progressives. Yeah, it's almost like nothing's changed. That's very odd. Because, let's be honest, it hasn't. It hasn't. And it is really sad. And I like how they say, well, you know, he can't even say there's systemic racism. Well, that's because there isn't. Show me where there's systemic racism. Show in our laws or anything else where people, there is implicit racism. It's not in the system. Are there racists out there? Well, of course there are. Everywhere on this planet, as long as you have people, there will be somebody who has terrible ideas. There has been from the beginning of time, and I don't believe unless you change humanity or get rid of them, you'll change it. That's just the facts. I'll be right back. Have you heard words and phrases you don't understand or don't know the meaning of? Well, here's your answer. It's the new leftist to English dictionary from Eric Kaur. We help you make sense of words and phrases or let you know they have no meaning. Have you ever heard things like this? Brock and I think it's a right for people that bad and kept care. And not have any idea what it means? Well, you're not alone. We don't either. Well, that's why we created the book, to let you know you're not alone and not knowing what something means. It happens all the time. Many words and phrases that leftists say, we have no idea what they mean, or maybe we do. That's why you have to buy the Leftist to English Dictionary from Eric Kaur. We'll help you out anytime you hear interesting phrases like, a whole of government approach really means they just want to rob you blind, and pay their friends and donors and help them get rich. It's a resource that is invaluable and will help every responsible family in these trying times. The Leftist to English Dictionary from Eric Kaur. Buy today. Save tomorrow. Eric Kaur is not responsible for any side effects from this product. That includes depression, anxiety, uncontrollable laughter or crying, anger, head injuries, or any unapproved use of this product or its definitions. The Leftist to English Dictionary. Buy it today. You'll thank us tomorrow. All right. And I'm back here. So the whole thing has gotten out of control. We we moved from racism because the next question, other than racism, of course, um, is COVID. Right? That's the, the other big plague that we have, right? And, um, of course, you have issues with masks and the vaccine. And people have lost their minds. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm wondering if one of the side effects of the vaccine may be causing some uh, 
mental illness. Because if you've seen any of these videos, I'm going to play the audio from them. Um, I'm not really sure who to be afraid of. Should I be afraid of the people that don't wear masks and don't get vaccinated? Or should I be afraid of these people? Check this lady out. Pfizer, two shots. Yes, yes, and now uh, you can find that video. The lady, uh, trying to be, uh, I don't know, maybe a professional wrestler from back in the day. I have no idea. I have no idea. It is terrible. It is cringy as hell. Uh, but yeah, she's got her vax and now she's invincible apparently. Uh, or you could be this guy who's just, oh my God, it's, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. Stuck in the arm just to keep us all from harm. Get yourself stuck in the arm. Then go get some chicken parm. Pfizer, Pfizer, polarizer. Pfizer, Pfizer, don't you die, sir. Got myself some Taco Bell. Republicans all go to hell. Okay, so I'm not really sure why Republicans need to go to hell. Um, pretty sure it was a Republican uh, president that did warp speed there, sir. So I don't know. Um, I guess without them, um, you may not have a vaccination that you're so damn. I really worry. I really worry. Maybe this person's unstable. Maybe these people are unstable to begin with. I really don't know, but I'm starting to really think that possibly, just possibly, um, there could be a, a mental side effect to getting the vaccination. So that makes me worry even more because obviously these people are not well. They are not well at all. They're just ugh, terrible. But um, people in The View uh, want to let you know why you should get your vaccination and you better not, you know, abstain from it. White evangelicals, 45% say they won't get vaccinated, according to a Pew Research. Uh, Republicans, almost 50% of Republicans are refusing to get the vaccine. So we won't reach herd immunity because of those particular groups. So I say we need to shun those that refuse to get vaccinated. Oh, we should just shun them. Maybe you could get them a little better. You know, maybe like a little star or something. They could sew it on their clothes so everybody knows they haven't had their vaccine or something. Hmm. Yeah, might be able to do that. Um, what do you say to that? That is, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it's uh, my body, my choice, only if you want to kill babies. But, uh, you know, if you want to make your own informed decision about a vaccine. And why would you care? Why would you care? If you're fully vaccinated and you're covered, who cares? You're fine. If somebody doesn't want to get it and they get sick and, and they're going to die from it, I guess that was their decision. I mean, that's called adulting the last I checked. I mean, you have the decision and you're making your informed decisions every day and that's up to you. What do you care? You're fully vaccinated, right? So you should be fine. And if this vaccine works 95, 99%, whatever they've come up with now, then I don't see where there's a problem. Do you? It doesn't make any sense. Why is it such a big deal to you? You go get it. You're protected. You should be fine. Doesn't seem like, uh, seems like something's not working. And what's really crazy is suddenly, suddenly even idiots like Trevor Noah, 
who is absolutely one of the most unfunny people. Why the hell is he on a comedy show? God, he's not funny at all. Even when he's trying really hard. Maybe he should stop trying. But anyway, he actually is starting to figure it out. I mean, I know it's it's hard to get through to somebody as as dense and as, uh, you know, yeah, not so bright as Trevor Noah. Even he started figuring out what's going on. I know science is difficult, and this is a novel virus and all of that, but who's running messaging at the CDC, huh? First they said, masks make us less safe. Oh, don't wear a mask. Then they said, masks make us more safe. And now, according to this new chart, masks can make you not safe again? And the most frustrating thing about this chart (laughs) is that they've spent months, they spent five months telling us to get vaccinated. Oh, get vaccinated, and this will all be over. Get vaccinated. And I was like, great, I'll get all the four vaccines if it means I'll get my life back. But now, now they're putting out a chart, and it says even if you get vaccinated, you can only do two more things without a mask. Fringe, Blood Diamond. Mm -hmm. Guys, what the hell? The shit you're saying to people is incoherent. You're telling us these oh, new vaccines are 95% effective and will stop coronavirus, but we still can't do anything without a mask on anyway. Which is it? Is this one of the most effective vaccines in the history of the world, or does it not work? It's not clear messaging, especially if you're desperately trying to convince people to get the vaccine. And that raises a good question. Why are you? If it works so well and it's such such a great thing and there is no issue with it, why would you have to sell it so hard? Why would you have to sell it so hard? Apparently, Alaska, you can get free uh, airline tickets. Uh, New York, you can get uh, joints for jabs. You can go get you some free pot for getting your vaccine. You wouldn't have to do this, I wouldn't think. I mean, if it was um, you know, a devastating illness that was just killing people left and right, their bodies are stacking up everywhere. And the vaccine is the perfect way to cure it all. And everything would go back to normal. Everybody would line up and get it, I would think. You would think there is a problem with the messaging or something else is going on we don't know about. Something. Something doesn't seem right. But it is really weird that even now, leftist, insane person, Trevor Noah even figured it out. Which I'm sure he should get banned. That should get taken down, by the way. Because if I said that exact same thing, or if many people, like, I don't know, take a Steven Crowder who said many of those same things and all of his videos where he said it got, you know, taken off YouTube. Um, guessing Trevor Noah's the next one on the chopping block. I want to see it taken down. Not that I want, you know, not that I'm vengeful. I really don't think that Trevor Noah convinces anybody of anything. He's, I mean, objectively not funny, and he's a, just an idiot. But I want things to be equal. So if you're taking down all the conservatives for saying it, well, it's time for Trevor Noah's video to get uh, at least fact-checked. Can we at least get it fact-checked and say that he's spreading disinformation? Um, you know, just, just to keep things on an equal playing field, if you will. Uh, even he can figure it out and he's not very bright. I've listened to him many times. He's not real bright and even he could figure it out. Nobody else apparently can figure it out. It's, uh, it's kind of sad, but, uh, uh, here's a, a doctor, Dr. Wynn on uh, CNN talking about the vaccine. And this is scary. This is definitely, um, China authoritarianism kind of, uh, talking about the vaccine. This is scary. And when we can reduce the level of infection in the community, increase vaccination rates, that's when at some point, hopefully soon, but at some point, we can relax the restrictions. 
I don't know if that works for many Americans. For many people, it probably does work to say, yes, we're in this together. It's patriotic. We're doing this together. But I think a lot of people are thinking kind of selfishly, thinking what's in it for me. And they're not willing to wait until this elusive herd immunity. If we can tell those individuals who otherwise would not get vaccinated, if we say to them, the moment of freedom for you is when you get vaccinated, when you reach the two-week mark, these are people who otherwise might not be vaccinated. So let's give them that incentive. Let's give them that incentive, okay? Okay? Okay. Um, yeah, wow. Wow. It's just... I guess people really don't understand. We have our freedoms. They're not up for debate, period. We have our own free will. And apparently, in America, we're supposed to have that at all times to make our own decisions. Um... These people are out of control, out of control, I'm telling you. And uh, it makes everybody, when you do things like that, I mean, I don't know if it's on purpose or what, but anytime you talk about vaccines like this and all that, it makes people not want to get them. It is human nature. These people should know that, but then again, they may not be human, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that, but it is, uh, when you talk about things like this, this is uh, this is what happens. People are like, screw you, nope. No, you're not telling me what I can and can't do. You're not forcing me to do anything. You're not going to browbeat me into doing it. You're not going to shun me into doing it. I will do it when I decide that I want to do it. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple human nature. I don't know why people can't figure this out. It is, uh, and they know it. They know it. They're just trying to uh, find another way. You know, Trump's gone. Trump's out of office, so they need to find another way to pound on people who like freedom. That's what it boils down to. People that love freedom, believe in it, believe in our system, believe in America. They want another way to be able to shit on them and make fun of them from their apparent high horse. I mean, never mind the fact that most of these people are objective, you know, objectively not smart. They're not clever. They want to feel superior. That's what it's all about. That's what the masks are about and all the rest of it. To feel superior. To feel morally superior. It's it's sickening. It's, it's a disease. It truly is. It's definitely a disease and quite possibly a mental one. So we should, uh, maybe we should talk about mental health. Maybe we should get into that more, more than anything else. But um, speaking of saying nothing... And uh, it was very interesting. So I brought it up uh, on Friday that I saw uh, uh, Tucker was talking about Frank Luntz. And um, I mean, I kind of passively had heard his name before because watching a lot of things to do with, uh, you know, conservatives and different things. Uh, I had heard the name and really got me started doing a deep dive onto uh, into this guy. And uh, it was really insane because, uh, you know, all streaming services, you know how that works. You know, it has the algorithm. You know, you listen to one thing or you watch one thing. And they're like, oh, here's some other things that are really similar to that you might like. You know, it's the usual anymore. It keeps you in your bubble. But uh, it was really, really bizarre. And I mean, very bizarre on this one. It was uh, one of those. It made my head just spin a little bit. But. Uh, it gave me uh, a suggestion because I listen to different podcasts and different things. It gives me a suggestion to listen to Newt Gingrich's uh, podcast, which I wasn't aware that he had one. 
honestly. Um, I was like, okay, that's a little weird. Uh, his voice is a little strange. I don't know if I want to listen to that for hours. I mean, uh, but it was, what was really bizarre about it was uh, the it's like uh, last week he has a set down and a round table kind of discussion, and the big special guest is Frank Luntz, and I just about shit my pants. Like, are you are you kidding me? So I had to listen to it, of course, because I mean. That's what I do. I have to dig into things. And uh, some of these things are kind of long, but here's here's where you get into problems. Okay, first of all, if you listen to this, and I don't recommend listening to it because it'll make your head hurt, uh, the whole thing. It's about an hour long, and, and most of it is just rambling, and most of it is, is Frank just uh, basically blowing smoke up Newt Gingrich's ass. And, I mean, that may sound you know, harsh or whatever, but I mean, Newt was, uh, you know, speaker of the house. I mean, kind of an important guy, but I don't believe in like worshiping people and just constantly just, it was just sickening. You know, it's one of those things. It's different. If you come into a conversation, say, Hey, I I respect you. You've done a lot of great things. Uh, Really appreciate what you've done. Cool. Okay. Stop it there. I'm fine with that. You don't just go on and on and on. There's probably out of the hour long discussion, there's probably a quarter of it of just uh, him just babbling on just, oh, it was just sickening. And the bad part is, is Frank's not a Republican. He's not. None of his views are. And he has this weird way of using Democrat talking points and possibly his own opinion to somehow say that he's done focus groups of Republican voters, and this is what they believe. And that's always been the problem. He comes up with these things, and uh, he really doesn't like Trump. Here he is uh, a little while back talking about uh, the Trump election. No one will call me a Republican again because I'm not part of this. I'm not part of that system. I'm not part of that negativity. This is not something I was involved in this year. I will leave it to others to explain and to try to get themselves out of this mess. Wow, really? Yeah. Well, here's the problem, Frank. Here's what I, I want you to run by. Um, you can take the 2020 election for a really, really brilliant example. Um, 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. That's the most people that have voted for a Republican in history. So I'm not really sure if uh, you want to do a focus group on this, but I'm just going to spitball here really quick and say, there's a whole lot of more people agreed with Trump's policies and ideas than ever agreed with any of the policies or ideas of, you know, your crap. Just saying, just the, just spitballing, just throwing that out there. I know it's really hard to do math, but now that one's pretty easy to figure out. So you could say, well, maybe there was a lot of people that didn't like the way Donald Trump talked, but a whole hell of a lot of people agreed with his ideas. So Maybe we should use those ideas, but that's not where Frank goes with any of it. And um, here's just some of the excerpts, and you can hear how how this stuff works, and we'll discuss it as we go through. Uh, Here he is on talking about the 2022 midterms. I'm not optimistic because I don't see that unity within the House Republican Conference that it will require when Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democratic machine and Mike Bloomberg's going to spend $100 million dollars and all the money and the corporations that are going to be lined up against them and the media, it is everyone, and they throw in the kitchen sink against you. 
and Kevin's awesome. Kevin is friendly and Kevin is smart and he's got a great demeanor, the perfect demeanor for right now in American politics. But you've got a conference that is not completely united. There are members of, of that conference that are controversial. They say controversial things. By the time you reached, by the time you reached June of 1994, you had everyone on board. And here you he just blowing smoke up New Green, you had the Gingrich's ass again. And you had an agenda and you had a strategy. I hope he has the ability to bring people together. I hope he has the ability to deliver that sense of unity. I know this, that they were stronger when they walked out of the retreat than when they walked in. I know that Kevin has a better personal relationship with members than any leader, truthfully, even you. Kevin knows his members better, and he doesn't have the same kind of hostility. You're a revolutionary. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it goes on like that. He just blows smoke up his ass the whole time, man. It's terrible. But you hear what he's talking about, and you and it's really screwed up. And he's talking about Kevin McCarthy. And then it just came out. I watched uh, Tucker do a little thing on this, too, which was kind of funny. He brought him back up and said that uh, apparently Kevin McCarthy is renting an apartment from Frank Luntz uh, right now. So that's why he keeps calling him Kevin, because they are now BFFs, you know. And it is really strange, because that seems odd. Kevin McCarthy, who... Um, you know, doesn't seem like a uh, super big conservative by any stretch of the imagination. But who is he talking about in the House that says controversial things and all that? Well, he's talking about people like Matt Gates. He's talking about people like Josh Hawley. People that speak for, I don't know, the Republican base. The people, the actual Republican voters out there. I'm guessing that's who he's talking about. They're just controversial. He really needs to get them in line. And what? what, what what's he need to do? Uh, so this is how this works. Uh, you start to see how this stuff goes off the rails. You're not talking about real issues, and you're not really saying anything. Here he goes on to uh, what the Republicans need to do. This one's a little long, but you kind of get the idea of what he does and why it doesn't work. Because you can listen to it and say, well, this wouldn't work on me. Why would it work on the general populace? The biggest mistakes or missed opportunities that Republicans are making right now when campaigning and trying to take back the House? And are there any commonalities that you've seen in polls about American attitude that Republicans should be more focused on when trying to take back the House? I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to give three different examples and then I'm going to have a new comment on it, each one of them individually. Some Republicans have started to call Joe Biden a liar, and that makes me very uncomfortable. Because I know that even Why? if you turn out your base, that's awesome in Texas, that's awesome in Florida, that works in Western states. But if you turn out your base in Pennsylvania, you lose seats. If you turn out your base in New York, you lose seats. And for us to be a majority, we cannot win that by losing suburban districts in the South and by losing Northeastern moderate suburban districts. And calling Joe Biden a liar doesn't work. Here's the alternative. The number one phrase, that the American people care about the most is actually not tax increases. It's wasteful Washington spending. Really? And the attribute that really? works the best is waste, fraud, abuse, and corruption. Which is process. Working together, which is intent. What the American people want more than anything else is two words. Common sense. And in fact, the best label you can be is a common sense conservative. That means that you've got a brain, you've got discipline, and you've got a heart. 
And here and the come the Democrat really talking points. Three. They feel that Republicans will manage things better, but that if someone's struggling, they won't hear it as well. They won't empathize as well. But someone with common sense does. They think that the Democrats empathize, but they don't <laughs> trust their decisions and they don't like how much they'll spend and waste. So my second advice for Republicans is common sense. Now, this is what I'm talking about. That's all Democrat talking points. You can't call Joe Biden a liar. Why? Why? He's a liar. He lies all the time. Lie after lie after lie after lie, taking credit for shit that is that he had nothing to do with. He has lied his entire career. He had to drop out of two presidential races for lying. You know what people in uh, America understand more than talking about some uh, niceties? They understand this guy's a liar who's going to steal your money. You know what? People understand that pretty damn well. Pretty damn well. Why would you not tell people to go after these things? Why? Well, that would be if you were, I don't know, say a Democrat and you really, really were trying to get cover for that. Oh, man, just disgusting. He goes on to talk about words you should use. And this is what I'm talking about. It's uh, We'll discuss more of it after we listen to this. Capitol Hill Club presentation. And he presented a chart of words and concepts that tested well in his research for how to win the hearts and minds of the electorate. Can he share a summary of his findings? Yeah, I'll give you an example. I learned this word in 1995. So not during the contract, but in the first 100 days. And that's the word imagine. It's the most powerful word in the English language, because if I asked you to imagine life of perfection, imagine the American dream coming true, imagine anything, and you start seeing and hearing what's inside your heart and what's inside your head. If you ask people to close their eyes and imagine freedom, you'll have 20 well, different imaginations. Every one of them will be correct. That's one example. The second example is the idea of being a problem solver. They label themselves ideologically. I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, I listen or whatever. The public desperately wants elected officials to actually do something, not to talk about it. This is why governors are more popular than senators. Senators are really good at debating. Governors are really good at doing because they have to. So being a problem solver, I'm taking the language of governors and mayors and bring it into politics. So I'm getting out all the negative from the politics and bringing the positive from the executive branch. And third, because I'll give you an example, because we've got the whole woke thing. The public does not want diversity. It wants inclusion. Diversity is about taking someone from the upper row that you see in front of you and one person from the lower row that you see in front of you. Okay, anyway, I won't bore you with the rest of that, but you see the problem. This is what, this is kind of gives you an insider and this is what's kind of fun about, you know, all everybody having these podcasts because they just put it out there and they think they're being brilliant and sometimes it gives you a really good insight into what's going on. So what's Frank selling? He's selling the same old crap that the left does. Well, we just have to manipulate the language to get people to do it. How about you just tell the truth? That would be a good start. You know, people like to be spoken to plainly. 
They don't like to go through this focus group crap. This is what loses election. This is what kept Republicans out of winning elections for a really long time. A really, really long time. Because instead of trying to, you know, talk about real things, talk about real issues and doing the right thing, you know, which what Donald Trump did. And yeah, he wasn't eloquent. He was not an eloquent speaker, but he spoke to many, many, many of regular Americans. Why? Because many of regular Americans, they don't want to hear the focus group words that you've come up with to, you know, talk about, you know, that's the same crap. Oh, it makes me so mad. Same crap that, um, the Dems do all the time. Oh, we got to get together and we get our focus group. We're going to talk about reimagining things. That's not what we want. And you're obviously not talking to actual Republican voters. Who are you talking to, Frank? Who the hell are you talking to? Are you going and having, you know, uh, slumber parties with McCarthy and D.C.? Because that's not the Republican base. You need to actually go out and talk to real Republican voters. You know what they really, really would like? They'd like somebody that doesn't give them buzzwords. They don't need focus group approved words. What they really need is somebody to tell the truth, to actually fight back against people that are being, you know, bigots and assholes. And they want real ideas, not focus group approved buzzwords. And then what makes it sick, and I didn't get all this, it's an hour long. Like I said, and all he talks about is how, oh boy, you know, he did all this great stuff back in, you know, the mid nineties, you know, with, uh, you know, when, you know, the house flipped for Republicans. And uh, they did the deal with America and all that. They sort of don't want to mention the 94 crime bill that, uh, yeah, it was championed by people like Joe Biden. But many of the Republicans went along with it and, uh, you know, basically created huge jail sentences for people for simple possession and created a huge disparity in in arrests, uh, mostly for minorities. They don't want to talk about any of that or the 1996 uh, Broadcasting Act, which gave us Section 230 and killed diversity and media. Yeah, we won't discuss any of that. How does that stuff come about? Because assholes like this, that's that's how it comes about, because they get into these things. And, and that's what was so illuminating is just listening to the garbled nonsense. It sounded like being at uh, some kind of corporate retreat and not an actual meeting of people talking about real things you should do. Uh, to win people over to your side. None of that was in there. I listened to the whole thing. It's an hour long. There is not one substantive thing in there whatsoever that would actually win voters to do anything. It's all buzzwords and, and how to use the language right. Well, here's the thing. People want to hear real words, not focus group crap that you just made up. And half the time I was listening to it and I really just feel like, man, this guy really doesn't want anybody on the right to win. He goes on, uh, there was one thing he's talking about the Georgia runoff and said, well, the the loss because of Trump. That's why, because Trump said the, the election was stolen and nobody showed up. I mean, he, he's absolutely a Trump hater for sure. He hates because uh, he talks about populism. He has not a clue about populism, not a one damn thing. He's not even close to the normal populace or has been a part of any regular Americans for 30, 40 years. He has no clue. 
And they talk about this is really bad. This is one second. I should have got this sound clip, but I'll just uh, recite it for you. Uh, where he's talking to Newt, and he's like, uh, you know, Gingrich is talking about something um, about something from Ronald Reagan, talking about well, uh, they had all these uh, consultants and focus groups, and he went out and did a uh, town hall. Uh, sort of thing and people were asking about this one subject and he came back and said well what's the what's the answer what's going on with this i haven't uh, heard anything about it and they said oh well it doesn't matter it's just a little deal you know <clears throat> nobody really cares and uh, apparently the line from ronald reagan was well apparently they care because they keep asking about it we need to get on top of it and that was a big revelation apparently that was some major epiphany and they're like oh we we need to put and frank literally says well we'll put together a dinner and i want you to come tell these stories to these republicans so they'll have you know some kind of basis for their re-election campaigns about listening we should listen and i'm like All right, what the hell is going on like people can't be this dense it's pretty easy you figure out what people care about which is pretty easy to figure out what uh people on the right libertarian to conservative what all these people care about it's very very simple they make it known all the time what they actually care about the issues they care about and then you go and you talk about it and you get a plan together to do something about it you don't need a focus group you don't need to have a high priced you know ten thousand dollar a plate dinner where you discuss inane crap and talk about crazy buzzwords about imagine and listen and make people feel good so they'll go vote for you no they won't they're sick of it. That's why they weren't voting for you. That's why they haven't been. That's why they voted for somebody like Donald Trump. Even though you hate it, you're going to have to get on board and figure it the hell out. So while you're having your uh, fuzzy pajama party at your apartment in D.C. with Kevin McCarthy, you could just sit down and say, hey, what do people really care about? Oh, well, it's pretty obvious. They make it pretty well known what they care about. They want the government out of their business. They want to have freedom. They want their rights protected. And they don't want to have to pay 50 to 60% of their paycheck to the government who just wants to waste and spend it. They want to be left alone. They want their rights. They want freedom. And they want the government to stop screwing them over. Pretty simple. I guess I, I mean, I should get paid what this guy does. This guy gets paid millions, millions of dollars to sit and talk about this crap. I guess it's true. It's just, it blows your mind. Once you finally hear what they actually say and what they really talk about on their own, it really blows your mind. Just how inane and stupid it is. And that this is somehow going to win them election. I hate to tell you it will not period. People aren't going to buy it. You need real shit. Just, just, uh, anyway, that's my deep dive on that one. And, uh, you know, I'll keep following it. We'll see what happens, uh, further. Maybe I have to do a deeper dive, but I'm going to end today on one of the creepiest things ever. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but it's the CIA, uh, recruitment video. I just obviously have the audio. Uh, maybe soon I'll be doing some video. Maybe start doing some YouTube videos of me doing my podcast or something. Maybe it's something expand it. But anyway, here's this uh, CIA recruitment video, and uh, boy, I tell you, we are in trouble. I just have to say that right now. We are in trouble. Uh, here it is. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. It I am a woman like declaration. It. 
a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but what? at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. <laughs> I am proud of me. That is a recruitment video for the CIA. I'm not lying. That is the recruitment video for the CIA. Did you hear anything about skills to help fight, uh, you know, foreign or domestic terrorism? Did you hear any skills about how you can... Uh, I don't know, uh, protect America. I didn't hear any of that in there. This is not a box check. It was a box checking exercise. What are you, stupid? You just said it out loud. We're in trouble. We're in hell. I'm hoping that, because uh, I believe that uh, even though some of the people are off the rails, I do believe most of America are smarter and better than what we are getting, for sure. And I have hope. I do have hope that uh, somehow... Um, yeah, that common sense thing that Frank Luntz was talking about, which he doesn't have, and none of them apparently do. Uh, the American people, a lot of the people on, from libertarian, conservative, all that that whole area, they do have common sense. They don't want this, and uh, I think it'll spring back the other way. It just may get a lot worse before it gets better, but I will give the optimistic point of view that it will get better. Anyway, that's all I have for this wonderful Tuesday. Um, I hope everybody's doing better and, uh, we'll keep trying to be positive when we can. I know it's hard, but I'm going to try to stay positive. Please remember to subscribe, like rate review. The stars mean a whole lot. Uh, subscribing means a whole lot and it doesn't cost anything. It's free. Just let you know when the podcast comes out. So you'll get notified and you'll know when you can listen to it. And, uh, sometimes that's uh, really important because, uh, if, yeah, sometimes my schedule gets a little screwy and, uh, yeah. It's coming out at different times. So that way you get notified and rating and reviewing means a whole lot. It gets more people to see and listen and uh, yeah, tell some friends, let everybody know uh, what's going on here and maybe people will enjoy it. I hope so. If you enjoy it or you have a question or anything like that, comments, uh, you can uh, send them directly to me. Uh, Facebook at Eric's America pod comes directly to me. Uh, the website, erics-america.com. Uh, all the episodes are there, so you don't have to deal with a streaming service if you don't want. And you can message me directly there. Or if you want to send an old-fashioned email, it's ericsamericapod at gmail. And that comes, yeah, directly to me because there is no staff. It's just me. Uh, but I will be back on Friday with more fun and excitement and probably more insanity as usual. And uh, just remember, it's no agenda, just America.